Blog Talk Radio.
Hello, everybody. This is Verinda with MZN Indie Radio here on a gorgeous Sunday evening to bring you some wonderful uh, and great personalities and pioneering women in the entertainment business. Today's guests are Lakeisha Woods, who is an entertainer, an author, an advocate, an entrepreneur. She's the CEO of Ebony Flair Entertainment and its subsidiaries, Ebony Flair Models, Ebony Flair Cosmetics, Slogans, Communications, and Enjoy Life Magazine, and also the president and founder of Lady Rose Women's Association, which is a nonprofit organization. She is just doing the thing, getting herself out there and being such a pioneering woman. Our other guest today is actually going to be Miss Riri Brown, and uh, she is an artist management and she's one of the owners of Struthers and Sisters Entertainment, along with Khalif Day, Mr. Brown, and C-Rock. Uh, also, the coordinator of Brothers and Sisters Entertainment, Major Jam Productions. Now, she's going to also be in our show, and uh, I know we have two people that are on the line, so let's see who we have. Uh, for those of you who are just calling and listening, the chat room is open. Um, we had a little bit of a technical difficulty with that, so you can go ahead and log in and join us so you can ask some questions and just hang out in our chat room. So let's see who's on the line. Uh, let's see. Area code 201, you are reaching MZ and Indie Radio, and could we have your name? Hi, this is Rebe Brown. Hi, Rebe. Hi, how are you? Thank you so much. Let me see who else I have on the line. I have another person here. Uh, Caller at area code 704, and your name is? Good evening. This is Lakeisha Woods. How are you? Hi, Lakeisha. Hey. Thank you so much for joining us. I have both my guests on the line. And I'm just actually going to just ask you a question. I'll just call out your name first. Now, um, I do want to ask Lakeisha about all the wonderful things that she's doing. And, uh, Lakeisha, please give us uh, the background on your history because you are doing a lot. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And um, it's, a, it's a task, I must say. Um, actually, I was born and raised in Hollywood, Florida, in a small area. Um, right outside of the the greater uh, part of Miami, a little town, and uh, just a regular person, down to earth person. Grew up in a small family with just a brother, um, product of a divorced family. I was a teen parent, and a lot of my reasoning for pursuing my business so hard and and just working hard to achieve my goals is the fact that I was a teen parent, and a lot of times I was told that I wasn't going to be able to do things like go to college or finish college or even achieve, much less achieve owning one business. Um, (laughs) I never thought I would have this many subsidiaries under one company, but it's a lot of hard work, and so a lot of my determination stemmed from just, Wanting to be that person that beat the odds. I have children. They're my greatest motivation. And I really want to see them have a better start in life than I have. Than I've had. Well, that's so, certainly understandable. Now, I understand so, you had a music, somewhat of a musical uh, background in your um, younger years? 
Yes, I, I did. Um, actually, when I was much younger, I started out singing in an all-girl gospel group with my cousins. My our fathers actually sang in a, a national recording for a national recording artist. They were gospel artists, and we grew up going from church to church and different concerts and watching them open up for different big acts like the Winings and the uh, Clark Sisters and just a lot of um, different people, and it was very exciting. And at that, that, that time in my life, we really didn't view it as a concert. It was more like just a, a church program, a church function. But um, it was very exciting, and it led us to wanting to be into the music industry as well. But um, we really weren't uh, allowed to sing secular music, so we just sang, you know, we came up with a little group called Cousins Touch, and we sang in church, and we were kind of like the the little opening act ourselves, and then from that, I just wanted to endeavor into songwriting, and as I got older and got out of school, I started writing more, and um, and that's kind of how I got my start in the music industry, just really from church, watching my family, watching what they did, and and just wanted to do it on my own. Wow, that's amazing how, you know, your religious background kind of head starts a career for your future. That's really uh, a, a popular thing, actually, for a lot of the guests that I've had on the show. A lot of them started in church, which is wonderful because you get a, a nice um, basis on music, mm-hmm. and you can put your heart and soul in your performance. If you start off that way, so that's that's really great. Now, um, I understand that you later took up acting. Yes, I did. I actually my first start was was with a company called TH Entertainment from Miami, Florida, and I was actually um, just going out for an audition uh, to be an extra with an under five line, um, just you know, in layman's terms, just a role where. I had less than five words to speak, and um, and really uh, I started out, let me take that back, I started out uh, going there just to try to get a role as a party extra, and that scene, uh, that part didn't require me to say anything, it just required me to dance, and I came out with my brother, and there were a lot of people there, and um and I got the, we, we were able to be extras, but someone got frustrated and left the scene left the set and just said, you know, they were tired, they couldn't take it anymore. I don't know what, what the real reason was, but it just appeared that this young lady was very frustrated and she just quit on the just quit right there on the spot and so the director came out, he had a script in his hand and I really didn't know much about acting and, you know, I just knew that I had a desire to go into it. And he started looking around the room, he started scanning the room and he saying, I need somebody to do this now, you know, because they were filming. And so he picked me and he said, you got a few minutes to read it over. Let me see what you can do. And so I, I read it and I almost read it, you know, verbatim. And he was very impressed with the fact that I could remember the lines so fast. And he said, okay, you got the part. And so that was my start. And I had a, a from there, I was recast to do another project with PH Entertainment. And it was a movie called The called the root of evil and um it was just it was a long summer it was a lot of hard work and that's really where i got my start with acting and um occasionally i'm still doing auditions and and trying out for other things and 
but primarily I'm a writer and uh, I have some projects, some writing projects on the table right now, but that's where I got my start in acting. Wow. I know that was exciting. I've done um, extra work before and um, I really enjoy it. Um, but to have a you know opportunity where somebody else is supposed to do something, you get picked to take that part. That's great. I, yeah. I, I hope you know in the future that you know any one of those actresses get a headache or something, and and while I'm standing there, you know they <laughs> quit or whatever, so I can take over and be like the next big thing. So that'd be wonderful. <laughs> well, let me tell you, it's a, it can happen, and anything is possible. And that's the attitude I came out there with. I was like, you know what? Today is my day, and that's how I look at things. I'm like, you know, every day is my big day. Every day is my big break, my big opportunity. I never look at something as a small deal, you know, so everything is big to me. Nothing is little. Everything is important. And I just allow that attitude to exude when I'm I'm getting ready to step into something. So that's how I took it. And then next thing you know, I'm doing I'm, summer long. I'm filming a movie, you know, an independent film. So it was really fun. And, um, they're still, it was really fun. And I'm still in contact from time to time. I still get um, postcards and things from that production company that I started with. And I was just like, wow, they still remember me. So I never forget my start either. And I always accredit them as being the first people that gave me an opportunity to get into acting. Wow. Well, can you express to my audience how important that is to to network positively and to stay in contact with people that you network with so that that opens the doors for future endeavors. Because a lot of people come and go. They don't pay it any mind. But I'd like you to express how important that is. Well, I can say just from firsthand experience, it's very important. It's beyond important. It's, It's critical that you keep in touch with people that you mean. I mean, you know what? Some people say, some people will say, you know, you never burn your bridges. And I, w- I will attest to that and say, true, don't burn your bridges. While there are some bridges that you just don't need to go back across, but still don't burn them because you never know what's going to happen or what might come out of that. I mean, I've been, uh, I've been grinding at this for a long time, now for, for quite some time, especially with my magazine. And there are people that are still following from the from the time that I was working in the little office sitting at my desk telling them, I'm going to have my own magazine and I want you to be a model for my magazine. And, and everybody's like, Lakeisha, you're going to be something. You're going to be rich. And, you know, I'm just like 20-something years old, just, you know, really on, on one of my first jobs. But some of those same people have been really, um, have played key roles in my life. And they have helped to open doors to other doors that led to that big opportunity. So I, I can't stress it enough. It's very important. You never know what's going to happen. And even if you can't get along with some people, because I would say in this industry it's tough, and you have to have more than a backbone. You just have to have a mindset that says, I'm not going to give up no matter what happens, no matter who throws something at me, no matter what roadblock comes my way, I'll take another route. If I have to get there, you know, I'm going to be there. I'm going to show up. I'm going to be on time. When it's time for me to be there, I'll be there. And one of my sayings has always been, you know, sometimes you can't take everybody with you. Sometimes you just got to meet your team at the party. You can't Mm -hmm. take everybody with you. But 
by that same token, just don't burn your bridges because you don't know what's gonna you don't know what's gonna happen. And you know sometimes you have to put distance between yourself when when you start getting when you start reaching higher levels in your career, whatever that may be. You're always gonna find that the people that you started out with may not always be the people that you still end up with. Your circle begins to change. And knowing that, of course, you're not gonna be as close to some people as you were maybe ten or you know, five or ten years ago at the same time. You know, don't burn that bridge because you never know. Their their objectives may change. They may get on the same road that you're on and they may be able to help you and you may be able to help them. So it's very important, you know. Very, it definitely very is. important. Very it definitely important to is. network and to learn how to take one contact and turn it into like five or six contacts. That's the thing that some people really haven't figured out how to achieve that yet. <laughs> but I think I'm kind of, <laughs> I, I think I've, I've mastered it a little bit. You know, it's still more, much more for me to learn, but. The ability to network and make your network grow is even better. You know, it's even better. Now, with your magazine, um, how how is that um, like done? Like, are you doing a digital magazine or is it a print magazine? Actually, um, Enjoy Life has been on the has been on both sides. Um, right now, it's online. But we will be debuting the print issue this coming August um, because of the fact that we've achieved so much uh, a success. We've been doing very well online. Uh, I, I'm really moving forward to giving it another shot at a print edition. When I first started out, it was just a it was a, really a circular. It was just like a flyer leaflet that was mailed out to people on a direct mail list that I had. Um, basically, I took those, you know, 20 contacts, 20 email addresses, 20 people that I started out with on the job, and I asked them to refer maybe five or six people, and each person would refer somebody. And then a, then a business associate as well as a friend of mine, Marcia Wells, she, she pulled me to the side one day and she said, you know what, I'm going to give you something. I'm going to give you this list. And it was a list of emails. So I'm going to turn over my network of people to you. And from there, this took the online part of it. The online marketing of Enjoy Life took place. And we've been online since 2006. Um, wow. So since 2006, we've been online. We started out in 2001, 2001, uh, 2002, 2005. We did circulars, like once a year circulars, an annual circular that went out. Um, it featured information on my company, as well as the nonprofit organization and other businesses in the area. It has some articles from other up-and-coming writers who wanted to just have an opportunity to have their words printed and just to have other people read what they had to say. And um, from there, you know, it was a struggle because without knowing, and one thing I would always advise people is, like, whenever you're trying to get into something, do your research on it. Do your research. Do your homework first. Because even if you can't go to school to learn what it is that you want to do, you can teach yourself if you take the time to do your research and do your homework on it and learn how to master what it is that you want to do, hone your craft. Because without that knowledge, you're just going to come into a lot of obstacles 
that's going to make your journey, you know, a lot tougher, a lot harder. But basically, you know, I went through a lot of bumps and bruises. I hit a lot of roadblocks. And um, we, we had a short-lived attempt online in 2002, took it offline and took it offline and went back to being a print circular, did the last run as a print circular in 2005. But then in 2006, I incorporated a new column called Music Box. And Music Box took Enjoy Life to another level. So wow. from there we've been online. You know, we featured some celebrity artists. We featured, we featured people like Kanye Dawes, even before Michael Basin had her on his show. Um, I've had um, Grammy-nominated artist Calvin Richardson. He's actually from here in North Carolina. Um, mm-hmm. We've also featured um, Jerome Bentley. I believe he was uh, one of BMI's songwriters of the year. We featured jazz sensation Pamela Hart. I mean, mm-hmm. and I, I have no boundaries when it comes to music. So I'm not afraid to feature people from different um, musical genres. It's not all about hip-hop, it's not all about R&B, but, you know, music is for everyone. And so is Enjoy Life magazine. So when Music Box is incorporated, it just really just went hand-to-hand. Wow. So um, now tell us more about your um, uh, Ebony Flair um, models and the cosmetics. How did you okay. get that started? Well, um, Ebony Flair Models, let me tell you about Ebony Models. Um, actually, it was kind of like a fluke getting that part of the business started. Um, one of my mentors, uh, her name is her name is Maya Richardson. She's um, the CEO of Music Group Entertainment, and she is the booking agency, and she taught me a lot about that part of the business, and actually, I wanted to start my own entertainment company because I was coming into a lot of obstacles working with producers, um, trying to get my music to do, and it was situations where I'd be on a project, and, you know, things are going good, and then as a woman, I I feel like it's it's a little harder for women in the business, and I would be meeting guys that propositioned me, and when the answer would be no, my project was on hold, or we can't do it anymore, we can't work together anymore. So I said, you know what, I'm putting my foot down. I'll start my own business, and you know what? You know, I got a brother who loves music. He's learning pro tools. I have family that's in the business. Somebody will help me, but I'm not going to keep going for this. So I started producing shows and and. Shows incorporated fashion. The, the shows incorporated a lineup of uh, unsigned talent, inspiring mm-hmm. artists, uh, and then I would also be on that lineup as one of the, the artists, either singing or doing spoken word. And then I'd also include models as an as a feature presentation, giving designers, fashion designers, an opportunity to display their work. So the design. And so a lot of the models kind of cling to me. You know, they liked what I was doing, and they liked having the opportunity to get into a show of production without having to pay $50 to be on the show because they would hear their complaints. They were telling me, you know what, Lakeisha, you're not charging. How much is it for me to be in the show? I'm like, what do you mean how much is it to be in the show? They're like, oh, 
people normally charge me like fifty dollars, a hundred dollars to be in the show to to model. And I'm like, they're charging you to model. So from there I just started, you know, learning about being an agent basically. How to I didn't know that either. Model. And I have a fashion <laughs> show coming up. <laughs> I'm sitting here well, trying to I mean, maximize how much I could get in in this one show, and and you just gave me another idea. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, and what and where I'm from in Miami, there's so many clubs that also used to be like a highlight, you know, a feature. And one of the one of the um, one of my first features was um, J.R. Durant, and he's he's a fashion designer. And, you know, so once he has a lot of shows and he's always featuring, you know, his his apparel and it's, you know, party afterwards. So it was kind of like, you know, boom, my mind went to work and I said, you know what? Okay, you start producing shows. You're going to be able to expose yourself this way. You're going to be able to sing. Nobody's going to turn you down if you're producing your own show. Nobody's going to tell you how much you can get paid if you're producing your own show. Because at the end of the night, either you're going to get your money back you're going to take a loss, or you're going to make a profit. And so, but but at the end of the night, I don't have to hear somebody saying, hold on, I'm going to pay you tomorrow. Hold on, let's see how, you know, I can't give you what I said I was going to give you. If the disappointment is there, it's because I didn't work hard enough. That's how I felt about it. So that's how I got into representing models. And because of my experience in the corporate industry, my mentality has always been, to duplicate my efforts. So instead of me trying to do everything by myself, I started hiring booking agents and event planners. Wow. And model scouts. And so and I made sure that I hired people that had a lot more experience in the entertainment industry than I do. So mm-hmm. At least a few people on the team that are older than me that, that I can go to and reference to for things. And my knowledge about the modeling industry just started to grow and grow and grow, and um, wow, it's been uh, it's been uh, been a good. I incorporated uh, I incorporated Ebony Flair Entertainment uh, probably back in 2007, but I had been working it since 2004, um, and so you know just. Once I started getting more credibility for what I was doing, I wanted to take it to a more professional level and make sure all my paperwork was done right. And so in about 2007, I got things incorporated. And then I saw that a lot of the models in the that were signing up to be models uh, were coming from the North Carolina area. And so last year in March, I came to Charlotte and I opened up a branch office here in the South Park area. And so that's that's how Ebony Slim Models came about. And then the cosmetics line, um, I love makeup. I love makeup. And every time uh, I have a chance to invest my money, I try to invest it in something that's going to make more money. And I do that because I'm always having in mind my children. And Ebony Flair. Ebony is actually my daughter's name, my okay. second daughter. <laughs> and so I, I told my children that I would, uh, I was going to work hard and make sure I opened up a business for each one of them. 
And so I opened up Ebony Square, and then everything else became a subsidiary under it. And um, the cosmetics company just came about because I wanted to have a private label business, and so I started searching for manufacturers of cosmetic makeup. But I wanted something that was going to be for women of color. Mm -hmm. I'm a dark-skinned woman, and a lot of times it's hard to find makeup to match. I don't really wear foundation or have a need for it, but I like to have lipstick that look good on me. You know, you go into somewhere like, you know, Macy's or whatever, or one of these malls, and you get in there and you sit in a chair and somebody's making you up and you get up looking like a clown, you know. That's you right. Some That's bright. looking like uh, Angelina Jolie or somebody. <laughs> right, you know what I'm saying? Your lips looking ten times bigger than what they really are and mm-hmm. your eyes looking bright. as the Bright sun blue eyeshadow. I know, <laughs> and it's baby foundation. <laughs> it ain't happening. So please don't get me started on that, you know. Mm. But it's just like, so I said to myself, you know what, I want to look pretty. I want to have something that's going to match me. And so I just I searched for manufacturers. I found a company that manufactures Ebony Flair Cosmetics. I've been working with them on uh, a while, just really studying, because that's something that I'm branding myself mm-hmm. as the number one customer. So I'm definitely working out some kinks with Ebony Flair Cosmetics before we really do a full launch of it. I wear the product when I'm out, when I'm taking pictures, things like that. But um, we are still fine-tuning some things and how we want to market it, whether we want to do something like independent sales reps or do online or either get distribution for a product and have it placed in stores. Right now it's kind of looking like we may be going more toward doing um, independent sales reps and independent dis- independent distributors type of situation. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm really excited about that. I'm really excited about that. My mom always said, don't, don't put everything out yet. Don't don't put everything out yet. But, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, it's like hold back a, a little bit of something. Just remember that Ebony Flair is not ready. Ebony Flair Cosmetics is not ready to come out yet. But it's 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 coming out. It's come. It's it's pretty much ready. It's ready. Products are ready. You're just working out some um, marketing uh, plans on that. And so that's how that those two two um, entities came about. Well, I'd love to get some samples or or a catalog or something. Yeah. You know, so I could show what the people sure. are here, and then also you know promote it on the radio show and tell people about I, it. Too. I would I'll add it to my website. I will definitely send you a link to the website and you can take a look at the products online. That would be great. Now, we'll get all that information later because I would like to introduce Ms. Riri Brown. And Riri, <laughs> thank you for being so patient. And we would like to know more about you and your background because you're also involved in the entertainment industry as well. And since we are uh, promoting and recognizing um, pioneering women, we appreciate you both being here and telling us, you know, what trials and tribulations you have in regards to your career. So, Riri, you you have the floor. <laughs> How you doing, ladies? You know, I'm listening to Lakeisha, and I'm saying to myself, we have a similar um, background, similar struggles, and um, I, it's probably the same thing for most women, um, African-American women, especially when you're single parents. I have two sons um, and just inherited a nephew. 
my sister passed away, so I have him. So it's a it's a struggle. Thank you. It's a struggle. Um, you know, just trying to get your your business in order. Um, I've been in the music business. Well, I've been into music since I was eight years old. I learned how to play the drums when I was eight. Um, my father used to play with a lot of different um, musicians back in the sixties, and you know, when it comes to like Motown. And just any any um, any artist that was touring the the East Coast because we, we, I was born and raised in Harlem. We lived in New York, you know, all my life. So any any uh, musician, any, anybody that was on tour that came to the Apollo or came to you know this side of um, of the states, he freelanced and played with them. So he had gotten really close with James Brown because he did a lot of freelancing work with him. So I was able to learn how to play the drum. My drum teacher was James Brown's first drummer, which his name is um, Nat Kendricks. He taught me how to play drums. So from that point, from eight years old, learning how to play the drums, and then at ten years old, learning how to play the the um, soprano saxophone, and then at eleven and twelve, well, really twelve, having a really um, strong interest in playing the bass guitar, I was pretty much well-rounded in and instruments and music and, you know, creating and, and that, that type of thing. Um, grew up with um, producer Teddy Riley. We had a, a group together um, growing up in, in um, junior high school and in high school. And um, so I pretty much was, was in it for, for quite some time. Um, my production company, Major Jam Productions, um, in the 80s, and uh, well, late '80s, I'm going to say, and and '90s, we did a lot of production with different artists like um, Jay. We did the Jason on Tasha Scott song, um, Tyrese. Um, did a lot of work with um, Trick Daddy, Trina, Rough Ends. It's it's a it's a long list of, of people. I don't have wow. the list in front of me, but I know it's a lot of people that we um, did production on albums with. And um, my brother C Rock, which is he's a the owner of um, Brothers and Sisters Entertainment, um, and he's also the the head producer and and guitarist and everything else. He did most of the production on the artists that I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. What I'm doing now is um, I got into artist management because I see a lot of young people that's getting into the music business and the industry and not really understanding the business behind it because they're just so hungry to to be artists and not understand the business, they don't take the time to to, um, to learn it. A lot of a lot of managers don't do that. They don't take time out to teach the artists. Um, I actually take time out to teach the artists what it is they should look for, what they should be careful about, what they should want, you know, and everything in that way. We have um, an artist now. His name is Vaughn Sway, um, young guy from Brooklyn. He's um, he's 22, and um, we got him to the point now. We have an independent album out on him right now. It's called Are You Ready? And it's on our label, Brothers and Sisters Entertainment. Um, he was on BET. They, they um, new, new joined his video for um, Here I Am. He did that with Darnell Juice Robinson. Darnell was the kid that was on My Super Sweet 16 on MTV. He was the prince. Um, he did a record with him, did the video, had it on BET. Um, the album is in FYE stores, it's on iTunes, and all the online stores. Um, we did that without major distribution. I don't have any major distribution at all. Um, 
Braun also was the winner of the 2009 season finale of the Wild Out Wednesdays. Um, you know, and we're just, it's like doing it from grassroots. It's hard. It's hard work. It takes up a lot of time, dedication, you know, and you really need to know the business because it's, it's, it's so much going on because the, the music business is not the same as it used to be. Everything has changed right. so right. much. And you really have to be so careful, especially with the type of deals that the major labels are, are trying to, to give out to young artists. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, they put it um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. And and I would tell any new artist that's trying to get a deal to just, you know what, it, to me, the best thing to do is to try to do it on your own because you're cutting the middleman. And, and I, you know, it, it's true. You're cutting the middleman, and the deals that they're giving out now, these 360 deals, are horrible. They're taking a piece of everything, your music, your merchandising, your tours, your everything. So if you can put something out on your own, I think, you know, I think everybody should try to do that so we can have more of a variety because the radio is, is radio is horrible. I know. Um, I've been um, hosting this radio show for a little over a year now, and mm-hmm. I got involved because my daughter is a rapper. And my okay. daughter... Um, I didn't want her just walking the streets at, after clubs trying to sell CDs. I wanted her to get right. heard. So, mm-hmm. and, and you know, uh, certain music that doesn't ever get played, like mostly independent music, mm-hmm. anything that's like, you know, unedited, that doesn't get played on the radio at all. So mm-hmm. I wanted her to be heard a, across the a nation and actually throughout the world, which I've been doing pretty well with her music and other people's music. And, you know, everybody mm-hmm. came to me and said, can you play my music? Can you do this? Can you do that? So I ended up just making it based on um, people in the music industry, um, musicians, independent mm-hmm. artists. And I, I don't have any particular genre that I work with because I think independent music is in every genre. So mm-hmm. I welcome anybody that is in need of promotion. So I know how mm-hmm. it is because of the fact yeah. that they, they have you know they have no, no outlets when it comes to the majors. They have to do their own thing. And thank God right. he has the Internet, because the Internet, right. if you know what you're doing, can be mm-hmm. your promotion and distribution and mm-hmm. and your sales and everything. That can be like the major label for you, and right. you can just exactly. put your name on it. So I tell everybody, yeah. you know, just you can do your own thing. If you want to get heard on the radio, you can start your own radio station. Just yes. know how, have to know how to market it, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So but thank God for stations it. like yours. Thank God for that, because these so-called FM stations that are, you know, the major stations, the the program directors, you know, it's, it's just so crazy. It's one, it's five songs that they play in rotation all day. Right. All when day, it comes, every, every yeah, the same, the same song. Yeah, the it same song. It's crazy because, you know, yeah. they use, like, some psychology thing on you because when you keep hearing something over and over, it's almost like hyp- hypnosis. You go, exactly. You're going to hear yourself singing this. So you ask yourself, the heck am I singing all these stupid songs for? I don't exactly. know about you know they, you know I ain't gonna say name any names, but I mean right, right. you know why would you just have that in your head? Because if you're in your car listening to the radio, if you're at home listening to the radio, you know whatever's going on, you're gonna hear the song over. Mm-hmm. And I think it's wrong that those major artists, um, accompanied by the major labels, are trying to. Inf- you know, infiltrate the internet mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and take that oh, away yeah, from the yeah. independent artists too. Because now all you yeah. see is major people on the front of MySpace and other sites, and so it's right. still kicking the independent artists down the drain. You know, 
So right, you just have to right. come up with some kind of way to put them out in the forefront and let them take over the Internet because it's not for the major people. The major people had their outlets. It's for people right. who can't afford to go mm-hmm. to some label or pay $20,000 to have a song played or whatever, you know? That's that's right. That's right. It's I great. agree. It is. Now, you have worked with some really great artists. I'm, I'm checking out your um, bio now. I love my my Teddy Riley. And, you know, Keith Sweat and, and the Leroy Burgess, Fearless Four, uh, the Aleem's Sheik. Is that Sheik as in Sheik? But no, that was not Rogers. Now, yeah, now Rogers was managing my um, record company for about three years. So I'm really close with them. These are people that, when you know, growing up in this, in Harlem, um, like Leroy Burgess and, and Teddy Riley, we all grew up in Harlem together. I mean, Leroy is older, of course, but he was one of the the um, the artists that we had to look. You know, we looked up to him because he he made it. You know, when he was with um, on the Black Ivory, he was a Black Ivory first, and then you know um, the Aleems, and then. Just Leroy Burgess. He did a lot of writing, a lot of producing. He was somebody we looked up to. He was our big brother. Um, mine and Teddy's, my brother, C-Rock, you know, we all looked up to these people. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I mean, it was it's cool. And, and Nile, you know, Nile just, it was crazy how um, we linked up with him. We linked up with him years ago. Um, he was he heard some things that we did, and he, he said, man, you know, the, the production on it is, is crazy. And we just started talking. We got real close. He said, I just want to manage your company because I think it's, you know, it's hot. He really, cause because he's a guitar player, my brother's a guitar player. C-Rock is, is, like, one of the best guitar players. And I'm not just saying that because he's my brother, but he's just a, all around. He can play any genre of music, and he kills it. So, you know, from him being a major icon in the industry to take a look at our situation and say, hey, I want to manage this. You know, it meant a lot to us, and he's somebody we always look up to. So um, he he managed our our record company for three years, and then he has started to get really busy with um with movies since he's doing soundtracks now. But we're still really close with him, and, you know, anytime we need anything, we can get it from him, you know. Yeah, but these are all people that we love, icons, and we really, are you so we really look up to them. all these other people that you've worked with? I mean, do you still do work for them? Like I, um, we like I see uh, Full Force. I see Trina and Trick Daddy. You did mention them and Tyrese mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, Horace Brown and mm-hmm. and now Selena Johnson. I know. Um, I believe she is. She has another manager now. Mm-hmm. She's gone independent, mm-hmm. and um, she's actually looking for a publicist. So you know, we can network right. with her, help her find somebody. And I see you got Patty LaBelle and Nick Cannon, Mr. Mm-hmm. Mariah Carey, and mm-hmm. uh, Petey Popper. What is he doing? <laughs> I haven't, you know what, I don't know what Petey is doing, but the last album he did, we did a song on there for him. And um, my other brother, Khalik, he did the vocals on one of the songs on the album. He sang on the album. Um, and everyone else that you name, we haven't done any production within the past couple of years with them because we've been concentrating on our artists, on Vaughn's way. We haven't done any production, but we're really cool with everybody, you know, really cool with everybody. That's yeah. good. It's, it's good to, to have that kind of clientele and still be able to maintain a good relationship because you never know oh, when yeah. they're going to need you to come and do something else 
And then, of course, if you do your job well and they have a great experience with you, then, of course, mm-hmm. they will consider you again for any future work. And, Definitely. Um, that's, a, that's a really great thing. Now, as a manager for an artist, mm-hmm. what what mm-hmm. things do you actually do for that artist? And how do um, you um, get those artists? Um, well, how, how I get the artist, this particular artist is a different story, but he's a he has his own story within... That's different. But anybody else, you know, people people know what I do, so they'll bring me um, demos and, you know, press kits and packages um, for me to check out and see, you know, if I like them or whatever. And if I, if I truly like them, I'll take a meeting with them. We'll talk and vibe and see how it goes. Um, as far as what I do, I manage their, I manage their um, business, their music business. Any business that they have going on, I manage it. It has to come through me. If somebody wants to, if they want to have an interview with Vaughn, they have to, you know, they come to me. We'll set it up. I'll put it together. And anything that's dealing with him, with him, on um, business, on a business level, they have to come. It has to come through me first. Shows, um, anything, anything. It, it will come through me first. I'm sorry, I'm on the road, guys. I'm sorry about that. But, but, um. But but yeah, it would it would have to come to me and any business of one I, I I manage. I manage it. At the same time when I'm managing it, I let them know what's going on because like I said, I don't want an artist to be kept in the dark about stuff. They should know what's going on, they should learn. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm managing and I'm also teaching. <laughs> I'm I also think teaching. that that's a valuable asset to have because um that someone needs to educate an artist on what it is that is expected of him and what he should expect from people in the industry. And it's very important because there there are so many people involved that it's like a hustle and bustle, and you're going to miss a lot if you don't know anything, you know. That's right. I told my daughter the same thing because she she actually has, she doesn't have any management. Mm -hmm. Um, She has people that she works with that um, produce the music. she calls them her squad, uh-huh. um, but she she's been with two other squads prior to uh-huh. who she's with now. Her style is more like a hardcore rap um, with a little touch of gangster in it, but it's not based on trying to go around talking about killing people and stuff like that. It's right. just um, uh, like the, what a woman has to do as far as m- making people know that she's not a pushover, and she can handle mm-hmm. being in the, the company of those hardcore male rappers and right. still flow as well as they do, if not better. So okay. that's her persona, Miss Lady uh-huh. And And uh, that's good. It is. And so she's, she's looking for management, but um, uh-huh. at what point would you say an artist needs to start looking for management and a publicist and things like that? Do they have to actually be noticed by somebody first or... You know, because some this, people don't understand why they why they need these things. Right. Um. I think honestly, I think an artist should have this have everything together before they get into management and publicity because you have to have something to manage. Um. They should have a demo done. They should have, you know, the look done, the idea of what they want to, you know, look like, what they, you know, where they want to go with everything before a manager comes into place and be, and before a publicist comes into place. Publicist doesn't need to be there until, like with my situation, the artist, we, our artist has an album out now, so now we need a publicist. 
If there's nothing to if there's nothing to promote, there's nothing for a publicist to do. So once the artist gets everything done and everything in place, then look for a manager, look for a publicist. Then that, you know this way we have more. You know we have something to work with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that you know at, at that point, that's when not not before, right. not before because you don't want to pay anybody. You don't want to have to go through all of that. For no reason, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to do that. There's no reason for that. I know, and they and they're already working on limited budgets as it is. Cause I, right, I, right. Being on this radio, I get a lot of um, emails and music sent to me by mm-hmm. people who um, they don't know exactly what to do or how to go about it, or they just want some press for you know their music. So in addition to just, because I think it's every radio person's responsibility to help the people that they're, whose music they're playing with promotion as well. So mm-hmm. what I do is I take it a little step further, and I, I help them get promoted by, you know, both putting them on the radio, referring them to other radio shows, because I have a lot of radio host uh, associates mm-hmm. who are also looking for music to play on their shows, and mm-hmm. they would like to have guests, so they interview people. So that helps them to get out there to the, the mass public. I also have pod hosts where if I have a show, I post it in on my global pod host, which allows the international audience to hear them as well, so they start building a buzz internationally. Right. In addition to that, I offer to do the press release for them uh, through all the music journal magazines and things like that and um, music bloggers and some other services I provide for them as well as setting up their music sites or um, their stores or a regular website, mm-hmm. getting the web page for MySpace done, setting up their right. social networking mm-hmm. sites. So it's a it's a lot of stuff that needs to be done to put you in the in the limelight for, um, you know, the the public who's going to be listening for your music. Right. And just That's give right. them some education and resources, and and then when I network with people like yourselves, you know, when I feel that they're ready to go to you, then I can refer them to you to take right. the next step. Right. So, you know, right. that's just something great that happens. And then we also help them with videos and um, getting the viral uh, attention to their videos as well as their web pages and things like that. So I always tell these people that it's really important to create your buzz and to have yes, a lot of information on you when somebody Googles it. People don't have time to read anything. I mean, like pick up a magazine or call people and say, hey, you ever heard of this person? Um, the easiest thing, which is even available to people on their cell phone now, is mm-hmm. just Google somebody, and you're going to find, mm-hmm. you know, management people and publishers, whoever, out on the road like you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, right. And then you got to pull out your BlackBerry and look up somebody in Google, and then you can find out information a lot faster than waiting until you get home, doing all this other research, call all these other people, blah, blah, blah. So right, I right. just tell them, you know, get yourself to where you have no less than 25, um, you know, mentions on Google. So, like, right, put right. your first your name out there. Like, if you put Mingles on Network or MZN Indie Radio, you're going to see a whole lot of stuff about me because uh-huh. I put tags everywhere, keywords everywhere. I'm always on something in the Internet. I'm signing up for this, that, and the other. I'm on blogs. I'm everywhere. Very so important, right. You will find me everywhere. So I tell the people, if, if I can't see but four things about you, you need to keep on working. Right, exactly. And let me say this, too, because I'm glad you mentioned buzz. I don't know how it works, of course, you know, um, in every state in the country, but I, I will tell you in my area, and I'm from the New York tri-state area, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, um, 
creating a buzz. The buzz that we created on, on Von Sway was is, is very, it's nice. Um, but I want everybody to understand that that is, is not an easy thing to do. You have to be very dedicated to what you're doing, and you have to push every day. It's not an every other day thing. It's not a every, one weekend. Every day we was in New York in every club in the city with him in every club all the postcards, all the promotional things, everything in every club, every day, pushing, pushing, promoting. And now, when Von Sway comes into the clubs in the city, mm-hmm. he walks in the door, automatically the DJ is like Von Sway, you know, they're mentioning his name as soon as he walks in. Everybody knows who he is. The buzz is very hot in the Tri-State area for him. But it was a lot of work. It's a lot of grassroots work. You gotta, it's a lot. You don't, I don't want anybody to think that that's an easy thing to do, that it's like one of the hardest things to do. But in order to, you know, create the buzz, you have to do it. And, and a lot of record companies, if you're trying to get a major uh, deal, they want to want to, the first thing they want to know is, what have you done? What kind of buzz have you created? Who are you? You haven't created the buzz? You have to go back and create the buzz and then let me see you, let me hear what's going on. What's your number? It's, it's like that, you know, and, and it's hard. I don't I even want to make it sound like it's easy because it's hard. They don't They're do not. artist development. They're not um, putting your face in everybody else's face. They're just right. going to take over where you finished off at. When you get yourself well-known, then you mm-hmm. go to them, and then they take you and put you somewhere else, which is still things that you can do on your own. The only thing exactly. that they do is put some money out there to pay for uh, you know extras, little extras. And, mm-hmm. and, of course, they have connections with, you know, like BET and MTV and all that. But right. if you have your buzz going pretty good, you don't have to have them refer you to BET and MTV because the audience right. will do that. If you make right. yourself known to the audience and they're requesting you on the radio and they're requesting you here and there and the sales are, like, just phenomenal with you on your own, you don't have to go to the label to have them put you on all those shows. Right. Right. And, and anything else because you you can do it yourself, but you know a lot of people don't know that they don't understand right. how to go about it. They just want to jump. It's like they want to jump over a fence, and and underneath that fence is every piece of work they have to do to get on the other side. Uh huh. That's right. So that's they right. Just want to skip all the preliminaries and go straight to the to the. No, side, you can't. You, know, just, you can't. It doesn't work like that. There's no more days of the. Of the overnight sensations, it don't happen like that anymore. You gotta, you gotta put the grind, and it's a grind. When people say it's a grind, it's, it, that's, it really is a grind. It's serious, you know. And, and I'm telling you, we did a lot of grinding, a lot. And um, but it pays off at the end. That's the, that's the, that's the, the, uh, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. It pays off. It really does. And guess what? You did it. Um, Tommy Matola didn't do it. You did it. And but. But if, when you go to them, they're going to take the credit of doing it because, you know, the buzz is so crazy. It's like, okay, we did this, you know, even though it wasn't them. But I, I do want to say, I know, I know um, we don't have that much um, time left, but I do want to say we do have some, um, for my production company, we do have some things in the works that, that um, will be out shortly. We're doing um, a compilation album on the old school artist, um, old school hip-hop artist, which is going to include Houdini. Big Daddy K, uh, Chub Rock, um, Dana Dane, Slick Rick, a whole a whole host of them. That should be out hopefully in the summertime. Mm-hmm. So you can look out for that. I don't, I couldn't tell you the name of the album yet, but I I will tell you to, to look out for it. 
Well, you know what? It's that's ironic because I actually have been doing some coverage on old school um, hip hop artists, and mm-hmm. um, I've had a couple of people on, and I have some other people I'm scheduling now. So, mm-hmm. you know, any additional artists that I haven't had already on the show that you are involved with, I'd be happy to interview them and help them in promoting um, their current project. And okay. uh, just to let you know, we are also working on um, what, an old school uh, meets new school concert that we hope to have towards the end of the summer, if not early fall. Um, we actually are starting a contest starting in um, January, I mean June the 1st, um, mm-hmm. it's, it's called For the Love of Hip Hop, and it's basically any artist out there that's like new school that can take the classic styles of old school hip hop and merge it with uh, current new school hip hop where the result is a positive message or a message that's, you know, like demanding or or clear and, and, and important and powerful to all mm-hmm. people as far as changing things in the world or whatever the case may be because we want to reflect on the purpose that hip-hop had in the beginning, you know, it was a right. way of communicating our, our issues. So the, whoever, you know, does the best of those, of those um, projects gets to perform on stage with these major artists, um, these nice. major artists. Nice. So I've been in touch with um, the representatives for people like Kumo D, Curtis Blow, and Rob Bass, uh, mm-hmm. KRS-One and Two Live Crew and Keith mm-hmm. Murray and uh, Digital Underground and you know there's a bunch of guys and just you know when we put the concert together we can mm-hmm. certainly network if you want to be involved but we mm-hmm. want to just have you know a nice big concert and the basic thing about this concert is that it's going to be a pay-per-view event too so oh, nice. it won't just be everybody in this one little location watching the concert it's going to be mm-hmm. streamed live and everybody across the world can see it. So, you know, we with some great promotion, we hope to have at least three or four million people looking at it. That would be great. That would be um, really great. I know. So, you know, because it it, it just focuses on those things. And, and um, the purpose behind that is so that we can raise some money to uh-huh. provide a, prom- a promotion and distribution type of uh, organization for artists, like a foundation. So right. they don't right. have to you know, wait on hooking up with a major label to get some promotion or distribution. And we'll work something out with them so that they benefit the most out of it. We're not trying to, like, take over as the new major label, but we want to provide them with opportunities with the funding because that's the main thing. They need investors. So basically be investors and helping them, especially covering travel and all that stuff. Some people don't do a show because they don't have the money to take their whole band somewhere. I know. No. <laughs> so hey, we go through. We go. Life. Listen, we go through it too. We go through it too. We still. Everybody is still struggling. This is hard time. Right. You know, it, it really is. The economy is so bad. I mean, it's really a hard time. Everybody is struggling, and something like that uh, would be great for a new artist. Yes, definitely. That would be absolutely great for a new artist. Yeah, and I, and I know a lot of people that would love to be on the stage. You know, spitting mm-hmm. right along with those those folks they grew up listening to. You know. I just feel the shame we don't have Tupac and Biggie still hanging around because they were phenomenal. And everybody just, every time I asked them, who were you listening to when you grew up? And they were mentioning those two. Other than Mm -hmm. the other folks that we know, they were mentioning them too, you know. So, I mean, if they've not so much following their footsteps because we don't want anybody else having that same, you know, end of life experience. 
But right. if they just use the quality of music that they used and and the whole purpose behind it, that that's the thing to me that would change things a, a little bit in the industry as far as the quality of music. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Absolutely. Now, do you work with um, um, any major artists as far as like the artists that are like I'd say the top ten right now? Um, no. Mm-mm. I don't. Now, how do you um, feel about the the quality of music that they are putting out? Um, do I really have to? Answer? I mean, you don't have to name any names because everybody. I think it could be better. I think it could be better. I, I I miss I miss how it used to be. I think it could be better. Um, some of it is good. Some of it is cool. I just think it could be better. Uh, I mean, that's just my opinion. I mean, we used to have good music. I don't know what happened. It sounds like a lot of it sounds amateur, and I'm I'm disappointed in a lot of our music. But I mean, some of and then at the same time, some of it is good, you know. But um, for the most part. I wish it was um I wish it was better. That that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> now, let me ask both of you ladies. Now, as a a black woman, what type of uh challenges have you faced in, you know, going into this as your you know, like your entrepreneurial spirit, you know? Um, I know you've had barriers as we all do, but I'll ask Lakeisha first, what kind of challenges did you face? And getting your business off the ground and getting recognized. I would say um, number one challenge probably uh, self conflict, uh, internal conflict. Just for me dealing with, um, in all honesty, just being able to get my self esteem up to a point to be able to say, you know what, it doesn't matter what happened, you know, 10 years ago, 5 years ago, this is what you want to do. And just battling with my own personal demons because it's just like anybody would tell you, you know, until you believe in yourself, nobody else is going to believe in you. And why should they if you don't believe that you can do it? So just overcoming some internal conflicts was my number one obstacle. And, And number two, once those were over with, Finances, you know, just just mm-hmm. just like she said, everybody's still kind of having it kind of hard with this recession going on. But even before the recession, you know, when you talk about I want to start a production company, I want to start a business, you know, I'm going to put myself out there, I'm going to put these other artists out there, I'm going to put these models out there. It takes money to do all of those things. And when you're doing it from the bottom, it's really like, Everything is based on your talent. You're totally relying on your talent when you don't have money. So that means you got to be real good to make it happen. And I'm just thankful that God has gifted me with the ability to be organized and mm-hmm. to be a go-getter. Um, if it were not for, if it wasn't for that, you know, because I've had artists come to me that have been in the, in the game a, a whole lot longer than me, and people in the in the business in in all sorts of capacities, models, musicians, you know, people that own their own labels and stuff that just were like, Lakeisha, I want you to help me set my business up. And a lot of that became an obstacle in itself right there, you know, people wanting me to get on their projects, you know, and every idea that I had 
was good, but not good enough for them to push me or stand behind me, but it was good enough for them to take it and run with it if uh-huh. I were to be on their team. So that was a big – I've been finding that to be a big obstacle as well, you know, coming into coming into the business, just hanging in there in the business, and every time I present something to people, it's good, but they want it to be, they want it to be theirs. They don't want it to be mine. They want it to be theirs. Mm-hmm. You know, you got a good thing going on with that magazine, but I want to be, I want a piece of that. You know, you know, like she said, like um, like she was saying, you know, right now today, people want to get so much of you, and when you're multi-talented, and if you if you're if you're somebody that can play the guitar, play the piano, sing, and you write songs, not only do you write songs, but you can act, and you can do this and you just they want everything. Can't nothing be just yours. You know, so I find, like, even when I present my business to people and I say, hey, I need your support, would you help me? You know, and you try to humble yourself, people kind of like, well, dang, who she thinks she is? She's talking about she's doing this and doing that, you know what, but it's no support for you. But if you do it for them, if I tell them I'm going to do all that stuff that I'm doing for me for them, I get their support. So it's just like a, you know, the click thing. You know, has been mm-hmm. an obstacle getting being able to get in where I fit in. You know, just learning. You know, just learning how to, you know, play my part. You know, just really just learning, learning to, um, learning to adjust to different people has been an obstacle. But I would say definitely, you know, internal conflicts. Reassuring myself that I'm a winner. I can make it. I can do this. I'm built for it. You know, that was an initial conflict that I had and struggle. But once I got over that, that was water under the bridge and haven't looked back at those issues anymore. But after that came the financial issues because I didn't have any money to start my business. Every I've gotten to this this far because I've taken every little dime that I had. I will work on jobs that I didn't like. And um, you will hear a lot of times people say that they're artists and they never really had a, have a nine-to-five too long. I was one of those people. I was quitting jobs left and right because I'm like, mm-hmm. I ain't going to be doing this for the rest of my life. You know, it would always be something. You know, I'd always be like, dang, you know, well, just let me get this little gig real quick and work this and make me these couple of hundred dollars. But as soon as I got it, I'm reinvesting back into Lakeisha Woods. So, you know, I, I would say finances and just learning how to deal with people in the business, learning to get in where you fit in. And it's not, and, and one thing I would advise the people, I mean, um, keep it short because I know you want to ask her as well, but you can't be afraid to work with other people outside of your your community, whatever that community is, whether you are, you know, black, white, Asian, Hispanic, you can't be afraid to work with people that are not a part of your your racial community, your your religious community, you know, your network. You got to be willing to let people receive you no matter who those people are. Mm-hmm. And so once I got, you know, those are just some things that I had to learn, you know, some conflicts that I had, but I work it out. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, that's good, and 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 the way that you've worked it out is some educational information for future uh, women business owners. So thank you for that information. 
And um, Riri, go ahead and tell us what type of challenges you've been facing or you have faced in the past. Um, I think just being a black woman is like the major battle, um, which, I, which, I mean, it's, it's hard because it, this business is, you know, male-dominated. Um, they don't take you seriously until you actually show and prove that you're serious. And um, I've had to do that on many occasions to get the respect that I have. Um, and, of course, finances. I mean, pretty much the same thing Lakeisha said. But, um, I mean, that was my, that's been my major, that, had, that was my major issue. And I'm sure I'm going to still face that same issue. What does she know? Who is she? You know, it, mm-hmm. what can she do? What has she done? That's a woman. She don't know what she's talking But once they see that I'm very serious and I do know what I'm talking about, and I, I have experience and I have done this and I've made this happen and that happen, then they have nothing to do but to respect it. Mm-hmm. You know, but that, that's pretty much the basic um, challenges, for me anyway. Do you ever find any any other females giving you a hard time, you know, any any other women either in the business or outside of the business? Um, you know what? I don't I I really it's hard for me to answer that because my personality and my um energy I give off, I guess I don't give them room to do that. Like they they don't and not to say that I'm you know, not to say that um um what's the word? Um I'm not. I'm not saying that I'm. You know, like I, I'm scary or anything like that. But I just. I guess I'm just. I guess I'm just so strong at what I'm doing. Persona, you ain't to be played with. That's all. Yeah. So I don't really. I don't. I never really had that problem. You can't have that problem. People cupcakes and. And bringing them, you know, flowers and on nah. their desk and stuff like that. You, you have to show nah. your strength. And if they can't deal with it, I mean, in, in my in the, my experiences, you know, when they when they see a powerful woman, they they gotta throw that b word out. And, uh-huh. and I would tell them I'm proud of having that b word as part of my life because sometimes I just gotta be that way. You know? Yeah, and yeah. that's the word I'm looking for intimidating. I'm not right. trying to be intimidating people, but yeah, I'm with you though with the b word because that's what it is. Right. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't Whatever. have a problem. You can call me that. And then if I'm not being that and you're still calling me that, then I'll ask her to come out. That's all. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would say that um, I would say that that uh, that has become an issue, whereas the friendship crossing mm-hmm. the line between being friends with the women and being business associates with the women has probably been a conflict um, at times with me because because I am in a position where I have to be entertaining as well as someone that has to run a business, and a lot of times it gets misconstrued. But I'm a firm believer in drawing that line, and when I draw that line and I'm talking to people, talking to the models, or I'm talking to entertainers that want representation, and then I draw that line and it's, it's business as usual, they're kind of like, well, dang, you know, like, what just happened here? And it's not to be cold, but it. But what I always try to make people understand is that you got to go on anyway. You know, I'm very strict um, when it comes to doing doing what needs to be done. And, and um, a lot of times I've, I've noticed that that has, be, 
that has become an issue where that B word wants to get thrown out there like, dang, she uh-huh. not cutting no cutting no breaks. No, uh-huh. you know, you laughed last night at the show or whatever, but now hey, it's back to it's back to business. It's business as usual. Let's get it done. You uh-huh. know. Exactly. You know, and uh and I, I, I'm being a mother, I try to be understanding to other women who are in that situation because I do run uh-huh. into a lot of women who are entertainers and they say, you know, I want to, I'm doing this and I'm aspiring to do this, but I have kids. And I feel their pain when they, they're telling me they want to do something, but I can't make it. For instance, I had a model once that wanted to opt out of doing a show or something, was late or something. And I really, you know, had to get on her. But I'm like, you know what, I got kids too. And mm-hmm. I'm doing it. You know, so you got to find a way. If this is what you really want to do, it can be done. And <laughs> I had this lady tell me one time, she said, well, everybody ain't you. <laughs> so, you know, that was that's one conflict that I have with women is the fact that I've been getting the, the feedback that I'm too tough. I'm too tough on them. I expect them to do as much as I can do. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that is something that I haven't been able to to uh, work out yet. That is one thing that I haven't been able to work out because I just feel like anything is possible. If you really want it, you can make it happen. But I may, I could be wrong, and I, I may need to be, you know, somebody may need to correct me. But mm-hmm. I agree. I, I agree know. with you. I agree. I totally mm-hmm. agree with that. If you want it, you have to grind. You gotta do. You have to do it. If I could do it, you can do it. And I and I and I understand what you're saying when when you said, um, you know, every when they say everybody's not you, you're right. Everybody is not me. That means that you have the sort who's who's strong and who's built for this. Everybody mm-hmm. isn't built for it. So if you're not built for it, you don't need to do it. That's mm-hmm. hard and it's cold, but it's real. Don't waste mm-hmm. anybody's time. If you can't do it, don't do it. Don't waste mm-hmm. my time. You know somebody, I mean? no, every everybody's not me, but everybody can be me. It's up to you mm-hmm. who you want to be. Because right. if you want to live this life and you want to have these successes, then you have to do the same thing that I've done. And it, it's not as exclusive to me. It's, it's for anybody who makes an effort. So if you if you don't make any effort, you ain't never going to get anywhere. You know, there's a lot of people that just, they don't make any effort. They want something to come easy, and they just, you know, sit around waiting on somebody to hand them something. But if you want something, you have to go get it. And, you know, I'm proud to call myself a go-getter, and I I like to inspire other young women to do the same thing. Just go get it if you want it. Now, speaking of of young women today, and I, I see so many young women who are just misconstrued about who they are and what they are to other people, especially for men. Now, can you give uh, our young ladies some guidelines or some advice on, you know, being strong women and growing up to be strong women, like to help them with decisions that they will be making in life? Um, Who's going to go first? Either one of them. Go ahead, Lakeisha, you go first. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, what I would say is, when you have, make sure your goal is what you really want. Because a lot of times, especially young women, I'm sorry, y'all. Especially one, young women, they they can be um, they can be kind of fickle. They're not really sure about what they want to do. It took me a while to realize exactly what I wanted to do. 
I went through a lot of different stages, a lot of different people to realize and figure out what it is I want to do. But once you figure it out and you know exactly this is what I want to do, you set your goal and you stay focused on it. Don't let, any, don't let anything or anybody come in and take your focus away because it's so easy for us to let people take our focus away. But just just stay focused and, and just um, work really hard at what it is that you, you um, want to do. Do a lot of research. Do a lot of research. Listen to people and everything, but also research on your own to get the answers on anything that you have questions about. But um, And that's really what, what I can say to, um, to, to women because – Especially black young black women, um, we're strong and smart, and just we just need to tap into that and really stand strong behind it. And and us and us, you know, older women, we need to stand behind them more too. That's that's mine. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. How about you, Lakeisha? What would you like to uh, share with the young women out there? Well, uh, first and foremost. I would say that they need to realize that the best love is self-love, mm-hmm. and there's nothing like it. The, the the best opportunity that you'll ever get is the opportunity that you give yourself. And when you deny yourself of a good start in life, and a lot of people might say, well, I didn't have a good start in life because I grew up in this kind of home or that kind of home. But no matter what type of situation you're in, you got to dig deep to find a source to pull from. My my source just happens to be God. I believe in believe that there is a God and a higher power. But you got to dig deep and find your source and stay connected to it. And don't deny yourself of having an opportunity to have that fresh start. Because when you don't when you don't love yourself, when you don't love yourself, you allow room for all types of deviations to your master plan to be deterred, basically. You know, you allow room for men that will come into your life that won't mean you any good. You allow room for depression to come into your life. And I feel like another thing that I would advise young women is if they find themselves in a situation where they're not loving themselves, they need to really speak out. Don't be afraid to Talk to somebody about it. If it's, if it's mom, talk to mom. If you can talk to dad, talk to dad. If you can't talk to your parents, find a teacher or somebody that you can talk to and let them know that, hey, I'm not feeling normal. I'm not feeling like I love myself today. I'm not feeling like things are right in my life. But don't be afraid to speak out about it. And once you and, and the other thing I would say is that just take your time. Take your time. Just as just as she was saying, you know, sometimes young women can be kind of fickle about what they want to do in life, and that's okay. Don't be in a rush to grow up. Take your time. Get to know yourself before you try to get all linked up with somebody else because a lot of things that you will discover about yourself later on, and you'll say, man, this is what I really want to do. You could have been doing that, but you were so busy on the wrong road you know, so busy trying to catch up from all the other things that that you, you know, were doing that now, you know, you finally just realize, wow, this is what I really want to do. I could have been doing this, you know. But I, I just want to say, you know, take time to really love yourself. You know, always remember that you're a special person. 
and that if you have to talk to somebody about your feelings, talk to somebody. Don't hold it in. Don't allow your feelings to boil up on the inside until it comes to a point where you're acting out and expressing your pain in the wrong way. You know, um, we're only human. We're only human, and if you don't talk to anybody, they won't know. There's not that many people that have that psychic ability just walking around every day and can just figure out that, oh, something wrong with her, (laughs) you know. (laughs) So you got to open up your mouth. Don't be afraid to talk to people. Talk to the people that care about you and let them know, you know, what's going on in your world. Stay connected to your source. Stay motivated. And just keep yourself busy. I would advise any young girl to keep herself busy. Don't allow yourself to have idle time, especially while you're growing up and going through those um, adolescent years, you know, you're 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Don't allow yourself to have that, that moments of, you know, long moments of idle time, days where you're not really doing anything productive because you're really forming yourself to become, you you develop into a young woman. And those are some crucial years of your life, some very critical years of your life right there. Mm. And you're never going to get that back. <laughs> you're never going to get that back. You, you, you're never going to get that back. And um, just as I tell my own daughter, you know, I want you to have the best start on life as possible. And I don't want you to, I don't want you to look back and say, I wish I would have, could have, should have, you know, invest in you, invest in you. And if you don't have the money, still, if it's something that you want to do that you really like doing, if you like writing, you know, I had a journal. I've been writing since I was like 10 years old, and I was writing stories and sharing them with my mother and her girlfriends, and they would be laughing and say, this sounds like some grown people stuff. But you know what I was reading? Jackie Collins and you know, Hollywood Wise, reading my mother's books and stuff like that. And um, so that's where my, my imagination was going because I'm, I'm, I'm having access to stuff like that. So, but I was writing, and that was my outlet. And if it wasn't for my journal, you know, a lot of things would have just went, would have been internalized because there was a point where I was very shy. And I just didn't want to talk to people. You know, I didn't go to school and people would say, well, Keisha, why are you so quiet? You know, and why are you so black? Yeah, that was the other thing. But it was the two main questions. Why are you so quiet and why are you so black? And why are your eyes say, why so Why are you big? so stupid asking me a question like that? <laughs> I know. But I just, you know, it's just like you just got to, you know, if you like to, if a young woman likes to write, if she likes to sing, just take time to hone your craft. You know, start young. You know, don't mm-hmm. wait till you get like 25 to start saying, "Man, I'm gonna be an actress. I'm gonna be a singer." You know, if you take the time to just focus on you and not saying that you gotta be selfish, but focus on you and what you want to do in life, because it's 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 hard now for the people that's already trying to do the things that they want to do, even if it's outside of the entertainment industry. People that are going back to school now because we're in a recession, and you know, 10. 15 years ago, they wasn't thinking about going to school because they were on a job that was paying them every two weeks. But now that they done got laid off and see that it's hard to get a job somewhere else, they want to go run back to school. And it's, I'm just saying this to say that, you know, take the time to do it while you're young. You know, do it while you're young. If you really like writing, enter poetry contests. Enter, enter different types of, 
you know, interview working to different literary competitions. I won, got my first pay as a writer at 17. Hmm. You know, I won a contest, and I entered entered one of my poems into a contest, and it was published into to to a um, literary magazine. And then I, then I did it again in high school, and another one of my poems got entered. So it was just you just got to keep doing things, stay on the track. That's going to lead you to what you want to be. And most and really, you know. As parents, it's our responsibility to gear our children to what we see, you know, to help them pull out those qualities. But if you're a young lady that's listening and you don't really have anybody to pull that out of you, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up on yourself. If nobody else believes in you, if you feel like nobody else believes in you, you believe in you because it all starts with you. You're going to get your best opportunity from yourself. Because when you believe in yourself, you inspire others to believe in you. And that would be my, my advice to any young woman. That's, that's <laughs> and thank you for such great advice. And um, I'm, I'm glad that Blog Talk allows us to uh, keep recordings of our interviews so that people can, you know, download them to listen to later or to use as guidance in anything that they are trying to do, especially when it's, it's a topic like this. Now, what I'd also like to ask both of you ladies is if you are involved in or plan to get involved into um, the film industry, because I, I've, I've been interviewing people who are producers, directors, and writers, actresses, and I want to know um, what kind of plans you may have, um, you know, or if you are already involved. Um, and I'm take the floor, any, uh, Riri or Lakeisha, either one of you. Okay, I'll be really. My, my thing is, um, we're working on a, a couple of songs now with Chub Rock for, for a Tyler Perry movie, um, oh, and and we also did a song on um, the soundtrack for uh, uh, Will Ferrell's movie. What's the name of the movie? Uh, the new guys. Oh, the other mm-hmm. guys. Well, Will Ferrell. It was um, the basketball movie with Andre 3000. There's so many things going on. I can't even think about it. <laughs> we've done, we've done, we've done, um, we've had semi-pro. We did um, the "Love Me Sexy" oh, okay. thing with with um, with Nile Rogers, and you know, and the Best Man soundtrack. We had the song on there, um, the group signature um, saying we produced that. So we have some things with different with with some um, movies. I'm getting into acting. I'm not an. I can't say I'm an actress, but it is something I'm tapping into right now, and and that that's a, that's it for me anyway. You know what we what we're doing. Do you have any plans that. of maybe producing your own television shows? Oh yeah, you know we do. We were talking about that. We were in we were in Atlanta this weekend actually talking about doing that, and um and also I've been talking talking about doing that with um I don't know if you guys are familiar with Ralph McDaniel. Mm-hmm. He is um, one of the pioneers in, in New York for hip hop, uh, blowing like so many people up in hip hop. And we're getting together with him as well to, because uh, he's the one he's the one that did the movie Juice. Okay. With Tupac and yeah, he he yeah. produced that movie. So we're working with him on putting something together as well, and uh, as far as movies. Well, let me just ask, you know, if we can stay in touch with that because I'm actually um, I'm in the process of designing the site now, but I'm actually putting together an Internet um, TV channel uh, on the Internet. 
So it's actually original wow. uh, internet programming. Like I'm actually mm-hmm. going to have real TV shows, but they're just something you would only see on the internet. And well, it would be, it, you know, something that has to do with we have a fashion um, thing. So, um, Akisha, of course, I'll be talking to you about that because we need um, some diva hostesses for our um, uh, runway diva show that we're going to be putting together. Um, we cool. also will have something based on today's sport. Um, we mm-hmm. also have something that's going to be based on um, cooking where we have some uh, major celebrity chefs that are going to be cooking food that, of recipes of their own, but they're also going to focus on a recipe that the interactive audience will submit. Um, we also have um, a, a music show. It's not really a music show, but it's um, it's just a, a a person who goes out there in the community to find out, you know, what music mm-hmm. people are are listening to and what they feel about the you know music that's being played. It's almost like um. Cisco and Eber but for the music industry, but it's only one guy, and and well, it'll be some, yeah, it'll be somebody that is also focused on movies too, because we also have some issues going on with the type of movies out there and like how it's so hard for black people to get really good movies. It and, is, um, and that's interesting that you mentioned that because you, you, and not to cut you off, but mm-hmm. um, Enjoy Life just launched a um a online TV uh, section in the magazine on the site. We're doing it as a trial, actually, and we have, um, right now we have about five channels, five five uh, channels on the guide. Um, mm-hmm. One is called My Jamaican Life, Puerto Rican Life, Thinking Out Loud, um, mm-hmm. Really Oh Wow, and we have Rigamaru Cartoons for the Kids. And wow. it's de- it's developing. Um, I am I do have I do work in the film industry a bit, but more so on the back end. Aside from doing acting and going out on my uh, auditions and things like that, mm-hmm. I endeavored into um, financing movie financing about a year ago, and um, connected with some um, movie financers, some financers and um, have been able to uh, connect a few people and help them get some funding for their films. Well, that would um, be right wonderful now, if you could hook me up, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, right now, it's a lot of work. I won't lie to you. It's a lot of work. It's very tedious. Sure. Um, you know, and being a middle person, this is a lot of relaying back and forth of information and mm-hmm. just making the, connecting the dots and Right now, my company's not taking any submissions um, for film projects, but that is a service that we do offer. Um, we do offer that, but that's kind of like you know, just to answer your question about that. That's kind of my role in the film industry right now. Uh, um, we just we just launched this new new test with, on Enjoy Life through Enjoy Life Magazine, kind of like Enjoy Life Magazine on the online site mm-hmm. is really like the marketing tool for pretty much everything that that I do. And um, those channels, My Jamaican Life and Puerto Rican Life, um, Thinking Out Loud, thinking, thinking Out Loud is actually the channel where commentators are going to be featured. And My Jamaican Life was just the... Um, a channel that I thought of, and I was like, you know what? You rarely see stuff on TV about Jamaican Jamaican mm-hmm. people, you know, and you know their culture and what's going on with them. And 
um, just to bring some diversity to Enjoy Life. And the, the um, network is called Enjoy Life TV, and it can be found inside the magazine for now. And depending on how, how well um, and how many impressions we get to the shows and the site for that particular um, that particular section, it will fully launch into its own website and be hosted on its own site and everything like that. And before right now, all of the footage is streaming through the online magazine site. But I, I wish you well with that. And we think we're thinking alike, boy. I know. <laughs> in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways, all of us. We can network like, every project together. I one just love to network with people with like minds and and do things together. And um, you know, I have no problem with promoting anybody on any of my websites or. Any other things that I do, you know, anybody that you would like for me to interview on this show, feel free to, cool. you know, submit their information because um, this is what we do. And um, cool. in regards to our Internet, um, it's called Indie Stream TV, and it's basically going to be just another outlet for someone to have some original program. We're even going to have uh, independent films on the site. Um, I've been contacting some filmmakers who want to promote their movies, and we're going to set it up as a pay-per-view, um, you know, for those Ooh. movies. We're also going to add our pay-per-view uh, concerts on there, as well as um, we have a couple of talk shows. Uh, one is called Conversation Piece, and it's almost like a, a mobile Oprah. <laughs> and, and we'll actually go to people to interview them. And um, we also have one that is um, going to be a Celebrity Juice, which is basically the celebrity clearing up any gossip stories about okay. themselves out there instead of just gossip people making up stuff like TMZ. So, right. you know, we wanted to do something that was an alternative that we know the celebrities will participate in because they're always trying to clear stuff up. So, you know, and right. like I've been reaching a lot of people, you know, I think that's going to be really successful. So, and, and if you want to ever be involved in it and, you know, we want to uh, interview anybody or whatever, you know, we can network with, please feel free to keep my contact information. And, um, and in fact, I'll send you both an email and some links. Okay, great. And definitely let your people know, your your listeners and your, fan, your fans and mm-hmm. both of you, that um, Enjoy Life magazine is actually offering some free ad space right now. We're doing some... A lot of um, we have some free space that we're giving away to people that just you know to build our city guide. Um, and presently, right now, we have I can tell you what cities we have on the list in, in our entertainment um, in our entertainment section. We have Atlanta, Charlotte, Chicago, Detroit, Houston, Los Angeles, and we also have New York and Philadelphia. Um, underneath our entertainment city guide right now. So we're taking, um, we have free ad spaces available in those for those city links. And okay. basically it's to highlight, you know, people in entertainment, businesses. Um, and we're doing it, giving them that free space for three months. No strings wow. attached, no, no commitment to follow up or, you know, continue to advertise or anything like that. But because we're debuting our print issue pretty soon, we definitely want to keep people coming back to what we're doing. We actually have a writer that's from New York. His name is, he's a commentator, and he, I always say, he, I make people laugh when I say this, but I say Todd is raising hell again. His name is Todd Fontaine. 
and he's mm-hmm. from New York, and he writes the column Straight No, Straight no Chaser. And Will and Odette Hooks are in Atlanta, and they write for the column Relate to Love, which is the relationship column inside of Enjoy Life magazine. And it's been doing very well. I mean, um, great. Been, yeah. it's been doing very well. And um, just just from those two alone, um, you know, and that, you know, just from those two alone, we've been getting a lot of uh, diverse people just tapping in, you know, wanting to read their columns and new subscribers. And we actually, uh, about two months ago, we started getting heavy subscriptions from um, people internationally, which is a big thing to me because every now and then I would get somebody that would subscribe that's over in Europe or something like that. And, oh, this person is in Spain or this person is here. That's cool. But then when I started seeing a heavy amount of people coming in, I was like, well, hey, that's great. Let me give them a shout-out. And that's why I say don't be afraid to accept who's going to receive you. So whoever receives you, that's wonderful. I want the people, you know, right in my hometown or the people where I live now to receive me, but if it, if it means that I got to go live in Europe to <laughs> get this money, <laughs> I ain't even going to front <laughs> Internationally, our music is well-received, and mm-hmm. a lot of the things that we do in regards to our music is well-received. Um, and I have a, a, a radio host in the U.K. Uh, her name is... Um, um, <laughs> I'm not remembering. Yeah, Soraya. <laughs> Soraya is the publicist, and... We have, like, so many different people that we're coming in touch with that it's, like, it's crazy because they are coming over here to promote their music and they're enjoying our music um, over there. And I have a a rap artist over in the U.K. who started his own uh, radio station over there. And um, when I listen to the hip-hop that is, is produced over there in the U.K., it it sounds like they just took everything from say ninety five one back and just put it together again. And uh-huh. and it sounds a lot better than some of the stuff that we hear over here. So I can see yeah. that those folks appreciate a lot of the things that we've done in our past before we started having all these recessions and, and all these other things. Um do you see any type of um possibility that black women will start to lead any type of, you know, business uh, models in other countries and in which it will kind of teach women of other countries how to do the same thing. I think so. I think they're, I think they're watching us now. I think, um, I think they're already there, to be honest with you. We just don't know about it. But I think they're already there, and I think they've watched us. And, um, you know, because we're, we're always watched around the world. Everybody watches us. If you notice, nothing ha- everything that happens, we've already done it. Whatever we do, it happens someplace else because we've done it first. So I just mm-hmm. think that um, I think that it's already happening, you know, in other places, and they recognize that, um, you know, we just have a, a, strong, a strong group here, you know, and we're, and we're, um, we're leaders. Mm-hmm. We're just natural. We're just natural leaders. I mean, you know, we're so talented and gifted. It's, and not just that they're not. It's just that you know, I believe that they're already they, they're watching us. And they know they're already doing it. And I totally agree with that because they see that we've been through a lot of struggles as black women, mm-hmm. especially. 
and we're still coming out of it, even though some of us are still going through a lot of troubles. Generally, most black women are being very successful in a lot of different activities, having power positions, and just showing that we can we can maintain our place in this world right next to the men when it comes right. to ownership and business and, you know, just yeah. leading the world. It's, you know, the time will come we have a woman running the country. I would say that we have a black woman co-running the country right now mm-hmm. uh, with Michelle Obama because she's not like, She's not like any first lady I've ever seen. She's not heavily involved in the entire part of that political relationship her husband has with the rest of the world. And that makes her a co-president as far as I'm concerned because she she's not just out. You know, like we, if you look in the past, you've seen a lot of first ladies. They just went and did their own little thing. Somebody started a little reading club and somebody just – you know, started doing something with women dealing with domestic abuse, and they just pick one little thing to do so they can keep busy. But when you have somebody like Michelle who gets involved and speaks on a lot of different topics, you know, she is to be commended for all that, and she's also somebody that we can look up to because it shows that we can handle that type of responsibility. Mm -hmm. Right, right. I agree. Now, I have a question for you, um, Riri. Uh As an artist manager, are you effectively looking for new talent right now? Always. Always looking for that one. Yes, I'm I'm looking, always looking. Now, are you in any particular genre? Are you going to, you know, be looking for people in just hip-hop, or would you look for anybody in R&B, hip-hop, or anything else? I'll look for anything. I look for any and everything because we're not just limited to just hip-hop and R&B. Hip-hop, R&B, uh, rock, jazz, and I'm serious when I say that. We're, we're really all that. So not that we're all that, but I'm just saying we're all of those genres of music. So, yes, I'm looking for any, you know, if you're talented, you're talented. I'm looking, looking for talent, looking for young talent. Now, because I have a lot of people coming to me and on my website, um, WMZNIndieRadio.ning.com. Um, I have people who have a profile on the site. So anytime you get a chance to check it out, it's just it's www.WMZNIndieRadio.ning.com. And okay. in the, in the um, group section, I have uh, premium profile um, members who actually um, – have more of stuff done. They've been out there. They got buzz and everything else. Um, mm-hmm. So you probably want to look there first, and then mm-hmm. um, in the member area, if you have time, because there they can only list like their email address or their website. Um, but you know they have to be a premium member to put like all the other information. So then I let these people know to be a premium member. You, it's yeah, you gotta be a premium. <laughs> right, it's twenty five dollars for the whole year to have okay. your full profile posted there because people like yourself will be able to come to the site and, and see who it is that you want like to start working with. And you get to have a player on there, your videos, um, your tour schedule, your press, your bio, pictures, and all that good stuff. Uh, as a regular member, you basically just got like your email address, your website, and your little picture. And I'll let you have maybe one or two videos 
maybe <laughs> two or three pictures or whatever. Because mm-hmm. what I, my main purpose is, I would I don't want to you know go out on a limb promoting people who have decided not to do this anymore or who are not serious or who are just you know playing around because they like to sing in the shower or whatever. After three months, yeah. Right, you know, and I will be like pro- pro- providing their information to a major industry person and making myself look bad when they try to reach that person and they can't or they have nothing going on. So that's the main reason behind having them um, join as a premium member so that I can help them more with promoting them. So you right. can uh, certainly go on the website and check them out, the premium profile members. Um, I have some great people in there. Some people have already been out there doing stuff, and I think I have one artist that got signed. They're in Canada. Uh, and I have people from all over the world as well, so you know it's not just people right here. So, uh, if you're not limited to anybody, in, you know, just in the local vicinity, you know, um, uh-uh. there's lots of other folks on there. Because I know with the internet, you can pretty much manage anybody anywhere. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I'm no, actually bro. trying to get uh, an artist who's in the UK to come over here um, to perform. So, because she's doing pretty well over there, but I'd like to have her come over to uh, New York, Philadelphia. So, when I get her here, I'm going to connect with you, Riri, and see what we can do with her because she's she's okay. very talented. She's doing pretty well. She's a spoken word artist and a singer, and she also writes um, poetry. Like she does um, really beautiful poetry where she can just sing the poem, and you would just just fall all over the place. <laughs> wow. Okay, I look forward to it. I really look forward to that. Yes. And definitely. definitely. Now, as far as models, um, now, Lakeisha, are you looking for models? Well, actually, um, my roster is open during the first quarter of the year, every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not uh, open right now. However, I do make exceptions when I've run into somebody or somebody just happens to catch my attention that I really see is working in the industry. Um, we don't do we do booking uh, as well for celebrity models also. So it's not just um, it's not just aspiring models that we represent. Um, a lot of times we also work with third party. Um, people like publicists, managers, sometimes they contact us directly. So it, it would all depend at this point in the year since we're into May right about now. It would all depend on who we're talking about and what this person has to bring to the table. Because um, I really, you know, I don't like to work with people that, that aren't really ready. Basically, they have to come to me prepared because, again, I, I have a lot of things on the plate that I have to oversee. And so if I put them in the hands of somebody like uh, a model uh, agent or, uh, or what have you, and they're like, you know, this person is not ready, that same same as you said, you know, you want to make mm-hmm. sure that the people are serious. And I don't wouldn't want to turn somebody over to one of my people and they weren't, you know, official basically, ready to, ready to right. do this. So. Yeah, it would all depend, but I'm definitely I'm still still looking for writers. I'm building a strong team of writers. I uh, the press release just went out not too long ago that Ebony Flair Entertainment has another subdivision of writing team, um, a 
songwriting team. I just started a songwriting team called Melodic High, and we're still um, looking for songwriters to join that team, songwriters, producers. Um, well, I come across a lot of those folks, so um, yes, I'll get your information from you and, and post it because I, I, I have so many. And you can certainly okay. visit the site as well because you'll okay. find a lot of people that have some skills on there too. And I mean, and that's the, those are just songwriters that we're looking for. But I'm also mm-hmm. looking for um, creative writers as well, and uh, journalists or columnists um, to come on board with Enjoy Life magazine because with the print publication, um, it's going to be full. So we definitely want to establish and develop some new columns and um, get some new faces, get some fresh writers, or even some people that are already experienced and that have experience writing as a columnist. Um, and right now we also launched a new column called Life of Hip Hop, and we're seeking a columnist to write for that column, um, a columnist and a VJ, somebody to go out to different events, um, interview people and things like that. So I'm I'm looking for I'm looking for talent right now. I'm looking for talent, just not well, you, per se, not so much models. I'll throw my but, bid in there because I'm a writer, and I'll throw okay. my bid in there because okay, I'm, I'm actually okay. putting a, a magazine together called Us Girls that's focused on young um, teenage girls from the ages of uh, 13 through 19. Um, basically, anything beyond 19 they consider grown women, and they're gonna tell you that every time. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm grown, and, and it's just to give them some inspirational um, stories about other women, and also to focus on um, self-esteem and inner growth and self-love and things like that, and and take take away from the persona of women barely dressed in videos and and mm-hmm. you know, that's not the, the that's not the next step for them and. Or young girls mm-hmm. with babies already, and you know this, this mm-hmm. is the idealist of of men's fantasy. So, um, it's basically to help them with some inspirational things. And I have a couple of young teenagers that'll be writing some articles, and I'm actually putting a word out for um, the Obama's um, daughters to write an article in there in regards to showing themselves as role models for young ladies. Um, being, you know, part of the first family and just sharing their experiences and and to all the other young ladies and so okay. that they, you know, they can be. More, it's not just Obama and his wife, but the role models are also their daughters, and because they're growing up right. in, in a great lifestyle, and we want all these other young ladies to see that too. So, you know, and I'd be happy to lend my writing hand to anything that you're doing. And I'd okay. accept anything that you have if you'd like to participate in that. Um, that'd okay. be great. And I mean, as far that as like you like know, all the hip hop stuff, you know, we are always involved in music, and all of us, so we can always continue to network because music's not going anywhere. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> well, that's one thing for sure. <laughs> that's one thing for sure. That's one. Music to me is like an emotion. You know, it's like if you. You hear it; it's a sound, but it's, a, it's an emotion-based sound. So, as long as we got emotions, as long as somebody's smiling, laughing, crying, you know, fussing, fighting, making love, we gonna always have music. So, if they broke, we gonna get a song. So, 
Yeah, like they used to say on that living color, I wrote a song. You want to hear it? Here it goes. <laughs> so it's true. Music going to be here. <laughs> now, since we're talking about music, I want to take some of the, the rest of the time that we have left to put just a little clip of a couple of artists that I'm promoting for um, our listening audience. And I also want you to to listen and you know if you want you can give some feedback or you can contact me later for any contact information or whatever the case may be. So I'm going to put on Lady Lex who is doing a, a remix to How Low Can You Go by um, Ludacris. Now I have the full version of the song, but what I'll do is give you the part that she does on this song because mm-hmm. I don't have a whole lot of time to play the whole thing. And then I'm going to follow behind with Kyra Simone, my UK uh, song stress and and writer. And um, let you hear her as well. So let me throw that on real quick. Let me see.
like three minutes left, folks. What do you ladies think of those two songs? I like um, I like both of them. I like to see packages on them. Sure, I'd be happy to send it out to you. Um, okay. Now, uh, Kyra is located in the UK, and Lady Lex is located in New Jersey, which is uh, close to Philadelphia, South Jersey. Okay. So, Lady Lex uh, is the rapper, right? Yes. Okay. And uh, now, uh, Kyra will be uh, probably in the States towards the end of the summer. Um, she's going to stay for about two to three weeks, so I'm actually going to be trying to get her some gigs um, to kind of bring her attention over to the to the United States. Um, some people already know of her, but she has never been able to perform here, so I'm going to get okay. her out there. And um, But I do want to appreciate and, and recognize once again both of you ladies coming into this show because it's always important to know, you know, who's out there doing what everybody wishes they could do <laughs> and, and having a positive, um, you know, light about it and, and, and will, willing to share that information and guide some other women to know that you don't have to be on welfare, you don't have to, you know, be working in the hospital, changing diapers and stuff like that. I mean, there's so much more a woman can do. You just mm-hmm. need to believe in yourself. So I want to thank you both for coming in and showing people that it can happen. You're welcome. Um, thank you. Thank you for thank you for providing the forum for us to just get together and you know and talk about what we do. <laughs> Much appreciated. Absolutely. I hope that we could do it. You know, in person one day because I'm I'm actually doing a pink party benefit for breast cancer and um, I would like to have people who you know, would like to share and putting that together in their location. So, you know, if I can ask you, either of you, to to work with me on putting anything like that together to raise money for the benefit of breast cancer research, um, that would be great. So, you know, then we can get together. <laughs> hey, definitely count me in. Wonderful, wonderful. You can count me in as well. That would be cool. That would be cool. Good. <laughs> well, we have one minute left in our show, and... Um, I want to thank all my listeners for coming in and, and taking advantage of this opportunity to hear the um, life stories of trailblazing women for Lakeisha and Riri. And thank you, ladies, once again. I will uh, get your contact information through um, whatever emails that I received, and I'll send anything that you need to you tonight. And um, then we can continue to network. So, but thank you okay. again, and have a great evening. And you thank too. You thank too. you for having me on. Alrighty. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. We'll just end our show. Good night, everybody. <laughs>